No, it's it's still very difficult to process. And I'm sure there are members in your audience who have experienced it. Um, and well, I mean, we all do. We we're all going to lose someone. Right. Uh, but um sometimes when it's a younger person, it feels very unfair. It feels unnatural. Yes. But you know, what is natural? We, that's just our concept of how things should be. Um, so I I think that it 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 was very jarring and it's still um difficult to accept. I mean, I have to. There is it's the finality of it that's the most yes. difficult. Yes. You know. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we're back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. And today we have Karina Ramirez Kehan with us. And she is going to tell us all about who she is and what she is up to. Take it away. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you, talk with you. I hope that I can share some of what I've learned in my life with your listeners, because I think we all have experienced fear and many times it's quite limiting. And I know that it has been in my past and I fight it regularly. And uh, so basically where I am now is in the second company that I have started and it's in a completely different area than where I was before. I came out of Wall Street and corporate America. And then I went back to graduate school to go study Japanese history. So that this was not business related. But I ended up, I was working on a business plan for a friend, ended up joining their company and raising money for that. And it was in renewable energy. Who knew, okay. right? And this was... Back around the year 2000, when no one was really thinking about renewable energy the way we are now, right. it was a really tough sale. Um, anyway, I fast forward, I left that company and then I was trying to think of what I would do next. I knew I didn't want to go back into corporate America. So I wanted to go into something of my own again. Okay. And uh, my husband is a breast surgeon. He's actually a breast cancer surgeon. Okay. And so he developed an alternative to the underwire because so many of his patients were complaining about underwires. Oh, yeah. And he discovered uh, with his physics and mathematical background, engineering background, he figured out there has to be a better way to support the breast. And he developed that idea, he presented it to me. And then I had to figure out how I was going to get that made because other than being a consumer of bras, right? I'm not manufacturing is a whole different ballgame. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and when you're taking something that's brand new uh, yeah. into an industry that's kind of stayed and there really hasn't been any innovation in a right. long, long time, 
I, as an outsider, where do I go? I don't have any contacts or experience in that industry trying to get this made, you know, and it was, it was a, there were a lot of obstacles. Okay. And there were a lot of times when I really thought, my God, what am I doing? Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it takes money, it takes time, it takes energy. Um, and, and you have to persevere through a lot of rejection yes. and failures. Yes. So anyway, we, we've gotten through so much of that. We launched the company, COVID hit. Oh, I put gosh, things on yes. hold. Uh, and then I have two uh, sisters and a, and a younger brother. And uh, a, a little over a year and a half ago, my, my brother, who's younger than I am, uh, developed renal cell carcinoma. And oh, wow. a few weeks within of diagnosis, he passed away. And it oh, my was gosh. Such, such a shock and uh, it felt unfair. And and I would say that that was, that was it's only been about a year and a half uh, since he passed away. And I would say that that situation brought more fear into my life mm. than anything else. Yeah. And the fear was that, well, one, nothing's ever guaranteed. Your time is not guaranteed. You as a physician yes. know yes. this, yes. especially in the emergency room. But, oh, you know, yeah. when you're living your normal life, um, I think that many of us take for granted that death is in the future, way in the future. And if we have siblings and and family, they're going to they're going to be with us for a long time, especially a sibling that's younger than you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean that's happen. a it's a it's a reasonable train of thought. There's nothing like yeah. I see no, I see no nothing wrong with that train of thought. And um, I'm sorry that you had to like have that kind of interrupt where it's like, wow, this is out of nowhere. Like, how can it be that you find this? Out about yourself and then the next thing you know you're just not here anymore it doesn't seem to um it doesn't seem to make sense no it's it's still very difficult to process and i'm sure there are members in your audience who have experienced it um and well i mean we all do we we're all going to lose someone right uh, That's true. but um sometimes when it's a younger person it feels very unfair it feels unnatural yes but you know, what is natural? We, that's just our concept of how things should be. Um, so I, I think that it, it, it was very jarring and it's still, um, difficult to accept. I mean, I have to, there is, it's the finality of it. That's the most yes. difficult, Yes. you know? Uh, so that, uh, it, it took me a while to bounce back from that. And in the midst of that downsizing, my parents who are in their eighties, declining okay. health, and okay. and selling their home of almost mm -hmm. 40 years and putting them into a senior community all okay. of these they're dealing with their own grief right so uh i had to kind of put things on hold with my business but okay i will say that the death of my brother and uh the the realization of what was always true which is there is no guarantee that really spurred me to action once I was able to gain some, you know, strength and a little bit of distance from my brother's, the, his death date, you know, um, right. it, it, it spurred that feeling like, well, what am I waiting for? Wow. And that, I think that is the question that anyone who has fear and I, I have my own fear, you know, based situations that are probably very different from a lot of people's situations i mean i think of someone in ukraine being bombed oh yes um, yes the life the daily life threats fear 
people in Sudan and what they're dealing with. Yes. Um, you know, I'm relatively safe, but but we all have fear. And Absolutely. I think that um, but in our normal course of life, if we're not in a war torn area, why are we going to let the fear hold us back? Right. Right. No, that's that's these are facts. <laughs> you know, it doesn't always um it doesn't always translate to how we process things and how we actually yeah. execute, um, unless there's some insight. So, you know, you had it sounds like you had an interrupt that kind of brought you to that place where you're like, look, I'm not gonna make fear stop me now. I don't know how much time I have. I had no idea how much time my brother had. You know, and I'm not, I'm going to honor him and the time he had by making the best use of my time. So I'm not going to let fear stop me. So that is not the interrupt that most people will experience. And, you know, there's always going to be some element of um, personal development, because if you're, if you've been in business, if you've done anything in the business realm, which you have, you would have had to, at some point done some kind of personal development because it's not an easy thing to do, right? It's not easy mm -hmm. for you to, to do business, period. It's not easy for you to do entrepreneurial pursuits either. And it is like a roller coaster is what a lot of people describe it as, because it really is. It's like, there's so many times when you're like, okay, is this going to even work out? Because you right. even mentioned that there were many times when you heard the word no, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it can, that can be kind of um, disheartening, but it doesn't stop you because you know that for every no, that there's a, a yes out there. It just have to find that yes. And it takes a lot of inner strength and it takes a lot of um, having worked on yourself and on your mindset to be able to kind of push through that. So I think that, um, you know, uh, the situation that you've been faced with and the fact that you never are given anything more than you can handle, no matter how hard it seems, no matter like, you know, how we think, oh, there's no way we can get through this. Like if you couldn't handle it, the universe would never have given it to you. And so there's a reason for that. And I, and I honestly believe that, you know, the yes is out there. Like, I feel like that is, it's there, it's, it's waiting. And it's just a matter of like just manifesting it. And my family thinks I'm crazy because I always talk about manifestation, but I feel like it's real. And I honestly feel like that directs our purpose. It directs our um, our ability to make impact. And it's clear to me in just talking to you for these few minutes that like that you have that, that you are manifesting your purpose. And, you know, it was um, your angel just kind of gave you a little bit of push. And so um, no, thank you for sharing that, because I mean, I feel like you know, that's not an easy thing to share because there's there's some vulnerability with that to talk about uh, a pain like that, mm -hmm. to talk about some hurt that you've had and in a, in a recent past. So, um, you know, we really appreciate you, you being candid and vulnerable and sharing that you're sharing your truth well, with us. You're welcome. Um, I feel that I, you know, I think a lot of people don't like to talk about death to someone who's lost someone uh, because they're afraid that bringing up that person's name will remind you that they're not around, but you don't need reminding, you know, you know, every day, you just know. And I still have his number on my cell phone, you know, like on my autumn, on my favorites. I don't, I'll never remove it. I just, I can't, it feels sacrilegious in a way to do that. But um, I feel that 
in talking about him, I'm honoring his memory and I'm also, I'm keeping him alive in my heart. And um, it, it's the only connection I have with him now. And so I think that, uh, you know, again, we all will experience losing someone. And, and many people, I'm sure many of your listeners have in tragic ways, uh, in gone too soon or old age. And that that's its own, you know, painful, even though someone got to live to 90 something, you know, it's their time. It's still you knew them that long. Right. And that person's gone. Right. So it's a loss. So, yes, I I feel I talk about it because I can't keep it inside. And uh, I, I just he's just a part. Of, of me. No, that's beautiful. Absolutely. And so, you know, how are you? So how is everybody else in the family doing? Like, are they? Um, how are they dealing with it? Well, I'm what's really as my young, I'm the oldest of the four. And uh, my two sisters are, are fantastic. One, I'm in New York, one's in California, San Francisco, one's in Vermont, my parents are now in I'm really close to the Connecticut border. So they're 20 okay. minutes away from me. Okay. Um, but for my parents, it's very difficult. I can't imagine losing a child. Absolutely. Uh, for my sisters and and me, it it's you know we talk about it. We we talk about my brother. We because we were all very very close. We spoke to each other regularly, weekly. Um, and then he was extremely charismatic and funny and uh, a great father, a real hands on father to his two teenage boys. Uh, a great husband. And I think, um, you know, we miss him and we talk about him and, and, you know, but we also, I think as you move further along the process, you, you just, you integrate the grief doesn't go away. It's just that right. you kind of integrate it and then you just keep going, but we talk about him and we miss him. And maybe I'll call my sister or she'll, one of my sisters will call me. I'm really missing him right now. And, and I get it. And there's nothing you can do except go through that wave of grief and and then get to the other side and know that it's just like the ocean, you know, and you just this is this is what life is. This it's the loss, it's the it's the joy, it's it's everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I'm glad that I'm you sure have in the field of medicine. Support. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Listen, it's just I, I, we could talk for quite a while about that and how it affects the people that are providing the care to the patients. But I mean, obviously it's never going to affect, you know, it's never going to affect us the same way because we don't have that person's story, right? Like, right. so we weren't part of their story. Um, but I mean, we still, we unfortunately are part of the story at that last moment, you know, which you know, sometimes can be okay. Sometimes not okay. It all, it all kind of depends on how things unfold and, you know, the lead up to that. And, you know, again, expected versus unexpected, you know, all of these things play a huge factor. Um, yeah. And then the age of the person also plays a huge factor. Um, I find that mm -hmm. we have a really, really hard time with children, yeah. teenagers, like, you know, yeah, we have a really hard time with those situations uh, versus an elder who has, you know, in fact, lived a quite a nice life. Um, not to say we have no idea, like we have no right to say when someone's life should, you know, end or whatever. But but I'm saying, you know, there's there's a difference between like, 
as you said, it seems unnatural for a child or for someone's younger child, you know, to go before them. Right. It just seems very unnatural. And so, and a lot of us are parents. So, you know, whenever there is a child um, involved, it's just more impactful. Um, we take it a lot harder. Um, we tend to, to, yeah, it's, it's just very, and then of course, you know, you're, you have to, um, you cannot let, you know, we unfortunately see it so much that we can't like, we can't, because if every single time you give a piece of yourself, uh, when you lose a patient, um, there's not anything left of you. And so there's like another layer of dealing that is, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's very complicated, oh, but I, it's like, I think it is. Yeah, it's and and then you have to always make sure that you do not, um, because part of the dealing is compartmentalizing, and you have to be very careful that you do not compartmentalize so much so that you can cope and actually be a whole person when you leave to your own family, but that you don't become cold, you know, because that can happen, right? I mean, that's one way to deal with trauma. You just like shut off, you just shut down, and, and then you're not compassionate you know, when you were before right. and, and that's yeah. not fair to the family because that's their moment, right? That is, that is, that is it for them. You know, it right. might be the thousandth moment for you, but it's still their first moment. So it's very complicated. <laughs> oh, I think so. And <laughs> I think, the least. So, and I've gone to the emergency room with my parents. Uh, I, you know, that emergency room doctor is the person you are hanging on to for for all the answers and all the hope and everything is vested in that person. <laughs> and, and, and for that doctor, you, this is just one of many cases that just that day or that. Yeah. Night, yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, so it's, so kudos to, to healthcare workers and doctors and, you know, everyone involved in the caring for other people because a lot of demands on you, you know, to, to, to take care. Everyone's looking to you for the answer. And I mean, our it. goal is always going to be to take care of our patients, right? I mean, that's why right. we went into this or else, you know, what would be the point? <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's a very interesting thing. And I've been doing this for, oh boy. I mean, I've been a doctor for over 20 years, but I've been like out of residency probably 17 years now, 18 years, maybe. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a process yeah. and and every every time you have to really um be make make sure that you have insight make sure that you are cognizant of that of the that thing that you just said like you know you just said this is a family who's having a moment whatever it is whether it's something that you know in my mind i think is emergent or not it doesn't matter like i still have to realize that it was an emergent situation for them and i can never expect people to have the same training and the same knowledge that I do. Um, Cause like I just told you, I mean, it's been 18 years plus right. residency. Right. And so like, um, you know, I can never expect you to make the determination of whether something is truly an emergency or not. I can make that determination in my mind from the initial encounter, you know, but I would never expect someone to like go on Google and try to figure it out on their own. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's a reason why this training, there's a reason why, I mean, you, you're married to a surgeon. Like there's a reason why he spent 12 years or whatever, however long after right. um, his, uh, his postgraduate education, because it, 
it takes a lot to make it's decisions about That's people's right. lives. <laughs> so, right. yeah, exactly. That's why I have a whole new respect for that. And, you know, I know that I, I one, I, I would not be cut out for it. And two, I think I would have even, even saying this makes me know that I, I know I would fail organic chemistry. I just know it. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because like I, that was because my struggle. I struggled with that one. <laughs> and then I married someone who has a PhD in it. So it's just like, yeah, but it's, 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 it's funny. You'd right. be surprised though what, what you could do. But I, I think like for you say that you would be um hindered by the one class. He says that he'd be hindered by the side of blood, which I'm like, listen, if you don't like the side of blood, then this is definitely not for you. No matter what, even if you decide to go into derm or radiology, you still at some point need to, you know, be okay with seeing Yeah, blood. exactly. Especially in the so. ER, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We see a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. which reminds me. I need to donate blood because I know when my brother went into surgery for his first of three surgeries, uh, and he had two cardiac arrest, um, in that first surgery, it's amazing that he survived that, but he died just a few days later. Um, <clears throat> but he went through so much blood and, okay. and that I yeah. never thought about donating blood. And then I thought, Oh my God, my brother went through so much blood yeah. that, uh, we have to donate. I have to donate. I have to be, I have to offer this for someone else yeah. who could be in that similar situation, you know? So, yep. But I think, uh, I know when I do have to do my blood work, I, I can't even look at the needle. So. Uh oh, <laughs> I have to have your uh, distractions. <laughs> yep. I just look the other way. Yes, that's fair. At least you know what to do. You're not going to pass out in the chair because some people, they like, you know, they look and then they like, get all sweaty and then they're like next thing you know they're like <laughs> I, I, I just I look at I hear the you know I see the needle and I think okay that's it I'm just looking the other way and do whatever you got to do just just do it you know yes that's fair <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh wow we've had a pretty good conversation here hey it's Dr. G and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. But we should really talk about, um, and I and I appreciate all the shares. I feel like that was what was needed for sure. Um, for those who are listening, I definitely wanna I wanna get back to um, what you, the work that you're doing now with the um, the new technology bras. for the bras. Yes, yep. um, because I feel like that is definitely something um, that we need to get out there. Because oh gosh, I, I have a couple of friends who went through breast cancer, um, 
Uh, I actually had a colleague when I was in medical school who went to breast cancer. So wow. it's, you know, it's, it's definitely something that is very, um, unfortunately ubiquitous, you know, it yeah, seems like it is. doesn't matter cancer where you us. come from, what your status is. It doesn't matter. Okay. It seems cancer to, is us. yeah, it just seems to and it's, do whatever it's, it's doing. Well, yeah. we, um, you know, so many women complain about the underwires and there are a lot of myths around the underwire, mm-hmm. um, all debunked, of course, but the basic, the bottom line is that they're uncomfortable and, yes. uh, and they poke. And in fact, I have one here, an old underwire. <clears throat> this has been around for like a hundred years and it, you know, I mean, just, just look at this thing. We, we put this against our body. It's not very flexible. It certainly doesn't go this way, but it certainly can poke underneath yes. you and and it's, it's and it's not supporting you it's just giving you shape and so when my husband's examining a lot of his patients I mean he sees the redness he sees and, and the women who are particularly larger busted have so much of that shoulder notch you know, shoulder, women, yeah. women have to have surgery to if breast reduction to alleviate this this weight because the what's doing a lot of the work of lifting the breast is the shoulder strap and I'm not large so it doesn't really affect me but someone who's a double D and on, yeah, it does. And, um, and so I think, you know, my husband looked at this and so many, so many patients said, Dr. Cahan, can you, what do you suggest? You know? And he said, there's, I just know there's a better way to support the breast. And he, he basically hammered out this, this prototype for me and said, what could you do with this? And as I said, I had to find an engineering firm. I had someone who was willing to prototype something for me and um, I got a CAD drawing for it. And then someone said, you could 3D print this. I call a firm okay. to see, could you 3D print this for me? I actually went, I actually took this little thing of metal. I knew it didn't want it to be metal, but I needed to make it more professional looking so I could take it to someone else. And I went to a metal bender. I mean, this, I called up the guy. I didn't know anything. I just found his name. I called him up. I liked his last name, which was startup. I thought, okay, oh, nice. perfect, perfect guy for me. <laughs> and uh, I said, I, I have a little project for you. And I mean, little. And yes. so can, can you take a look and maybe just hammer out something nicer for me? And I went to his factory and he's doing, he does like architectural metal work, steeple, things that go on top of steeples, big projects. He was, this, yes. I mean, he looked like Santa Claus. He was this big guy, white beard you know, a lot of grime under his fingernails, just big guy. And uh, I said, I just need you to make this underwire alternative for me. And, you know, he's looking at me like, lady, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know what an underwire is. Um, and so he, you know, but he, he got it and he made it for me. Um, anyway, it was also taking classes at the Fashion Institute of New York. Uh, okay. I live right outside of Manhattan and I'm fortunate in that way. So I had that resource that I could yes. go take classes there as a mature student because everyone there like 20, yeah. uh, I was not. And um, <clears throat> and I uh, I started to learn a little bit about the apparel industry. Um, we have a garment district in Manhattan. That's they right. still make yeah. things in, in New York City. So yeah. that was great. Um, I had my broad designer is is an instructor at FIT. I hired her to help me okay. because awesome. I know nothing about that, right? So it was just putting myself out there, talking yes. to people, talking to people, trying to get introductions, going to trade shows, not knowing. I mean, here here's even in this area, this little realm of, you know, the, of fear, going to a trade show and, and feeling like an imposter. 
because I didn't have a company yet. I didn't have a product. I was certainly not a buyer for another store. I, I don't know the industry lingo. All I know is I just want to see like what, what's out there, the trade shows. Right. And I got right. myself in, but I was afraid to say anything because, you know, the people at the booths, they're there to sell a product and they're immediately looking at your name tag to see, are you a buyer? Are you right. a journalist? You know, who are you? Is it worth talking to you? And I, you know, I have like potential competition in the future. Fair. <laughs> you know? so, That's fair. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. And I thought I'm going to say the wrong thing. So I just won't say anything. And I just kind of linger around um, and try to pick up the, the industry language and also learn. And so I just had to constantly get over even that little fear there, anxiety that I'm going to be found out and then ushered out the door or something. I don't know. I mean, nothing like that. I don't think would have happened, but no, I, I don't I think so know. either, but you know, we always make up the things in our head, like, Oh yeah, exactly. Say. And it becomes so limiting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that one of the questions that you asked uh, to think about was, you know, like, what would I, uh, what do I wish I knew back then that I know now? And it's how limiting the fear is. It's the, it's our mindsets and these negative mindsets. And, and, and then that becomes our mental environment. And then we see everything from that mental kind of like polluted environment, but we're not really seeing the reality. And most of the time, most people are in their own environments. Oh, yes. They're not even noticing you. Right. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, so I would yeah. go back and tell myself, all right, examine that fear and how limiting it really is. And, and just, just see if it's really accurate. And, and then think is like, is this how you want to live your life? If you don't get through that fear, are you going to accomplish things that you want to accomplish? Right. And fear is going to hold you back from fear is going to decide for you what you're going to do and i think it's better to let yourself decide even though i am afraid i mean fear doesn't go away but i think this is where courage comes through it's like okay in spite of the fear or in spite of the fear of the rejection mm -hmm. or uh, the fear that people are going to laugh at me at my idea um or they're going to find out that i don't really know what i'm talking about um I, I'm going to decide when I give up, not my fear. Right. That's yes. No, I, I love it. I love that. Yeah. Love that. You decide, you decide, not your fear. I decide. Yeah, you cannot let, let the fear, the fear win. Take over. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. No, that's good. That's good. And so where, so do you have a, I mean, so are you at a point, so you mentioned that you have a raw designer, you mentioned that you had a prototype. Now, is it, is it in production now or not yet? Now I have, I have two styles of my bras, uh, my very first bra, uh, which is like a t-shirt bra. And then I made a kind of a, it's not a full demi bra. It's a, so I call it the semi-demi. Okay. Um, so it's a little lower neckline. And uh, this is a molded cup bra with our patented technology inside the cup. Okay. You can't see it. It's right. like from the outside, it looked like a typical bra. And that yes. was another important thing was to make this in a way that would, to bring in new technology into current manufacturing procedures. You know, like okay. they can't in invent something new that can't be made in a typical factory that right. I'm never going to get right. made, right? Yeah. It had to be able to fit in current production process. So uh, yes, I'm online and we're selling our bras and I'm okay. actually in the factory now um, 
we're, we're, we're conceptualizing our kind of hip and cool athletic bra. I did, I did a, a t-shirt bra, so it's kind of standard with some lace. It's pretty. The lace comes from okay. Italy. It's, you know, it's a very pretty t-shirt bra, but now I'm doing something that's hip and cool okay. in the athletic area with some okay. technical fabrics. Uh, okay. So I'm now doing, um, we're in the conceptual stage, working with the pattern maker and so forth in the city. It takes a lot of time from concept to, to sourcing materials, to making a pattern, to, to making a garment, to get it on a professional fit model. I never even knew there were professional fit models for bras, but there are. And, um, and they're, they're geniuses in many ways, the type of feedback they give to the sewer and the pattern oh, okay. maker is invaluable. Okay. Okay. Because a bra that, you know, you and I could be the same size, but I could put on the same bra and it'll probably fit on me differently than it would on you. And you might like okay. some aspects of it that would really be bothering me. I mean, it's such a personal garment. Oh, yes, it is a very personal garment. So oh, anyway, uh, so we're we're now that that whole process of product of making your samples and uh, making the tweaks, that's a several month process because you've got to okay. order your fabrics from these mills and I get my fabrics from, from Italy. So okay. I've got to order those figure, I go to the showrooms in New York, look at what I like, then go order the samples, pay for the sample fabric, sure. pay to ship that over and then all to have it, you know, cut up in experimental stuff. That's where we're at right now with our prototype athletic bra, but my two okay. regular bras, my day bras are online now. And so where can people get those? On cobalt-rose.com. Okay. So C-O-B-A-L-T. Uh-huh. Hyphen. Okay. R-O-S-E.com. Awesome. 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 Yeah. That's cool. That's okay. very cool. It's quite a journey <laughs> and uh, I have big plans, big plans. I tell you. That's plans. right. That's right. Uh, you know, but, but it, it all starts with, uh, one, just one day at a time. And again, uh, you know, I have had people ask me, you know, wow, Karina, you, you started a second company and you're doing these things. And like, I, I don't think I could ever do that. Well, you know, I didn't think that I could ever do that either. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true <laughs> though. I mean, it's like, you, you never set out to do some of these things, but if you get inspired and you're going down that path, you're going to do them. I certainly didn't go to school for it. You know, I mean, right. it's just an idea came up and I thought, wow, maybe I can do something with this. And even then, uh, to go into uh, a kind of, you know, an established industry and say, well, you guys, you mean you have nothing besides these guys? I mean, like nothing in the last hundred years besides the wireless, which gives you right. no shape and no lift. Right. Like, like those are the two options that we got. And it's yeah. a huge industry. And, you know, it's like half the population of the world has to wear this. Yeah. So, um, and then there are people like, yeah, with this way we've done it, sells, why would we do something different? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And then you yeah, got to go in there and say, well, because there's a better way. Yeah. Like yeah. Technology, you know, like it, it evolves. And it does. <laughs> evolve. I, mean, I think more women are saying, I'm tired of the underwire. Yeah, it's, it is uncomfortable. There's no doubt about that. God help you if you're in the wrong size. Yeah. And yeah. most women don't know what their sizes were. And I didn't really know what size, because the last time I got measured, well, um, it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. I thought, okay, but you know, do you think you're going to be the same size? No, you definitely change. Your whole life? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to you gain weight, change. you're going to lose weight, and then you're going to age and your yes. body's going to change. But you're yeah. not always the same size in a bra. Right. 
And anyway, it's not standardized in the industry anyway. I mean, no, it isn't. 36 Depending C on the brand is like a totally different 36C than exactly. the other brand. Yeah. That's right. Some some brands uh, cut very slim, some cut more generously for the same size. So it's yeah. it's not standardized at all. And, it, and so that's why most women are in the wrong size and very uncomfortable and why they want to ditch their bras, but they can't. Wow. Because they're going to go to a meeting, you know? Yes, of course. When course. you're at home, it's a different story. But when you're out there, you know, unless you're in yeah. France, they don't care. <laughs> they're topless on the beaches and they're okay with that, you know? I know. But that's America, right. That's not the case. <laughs> America, they were like, oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you yeah. coverage. <laughs> Take care of that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. And so what are you, um, are you having any fears right now with um, how things are progressing? Because you've overcome some big ones, right? I mean, going to the trade shows, not being privy to all the terminology of the industry, you know, seeking and finding the people, the collaborators that can actually help you along in the process. And now you're at a point where you have two um, you have two oh. items on the market mm -hmm. and then you have another that is in prototype phase or in manufacturing phase. Mm -hmm. uh, so what kind of fears are you facing now? I would say the biggest fears, uh, I will say the, the biggest fear of all of those in that period was when it first launched and I thought, okay, now, I mean, people can be mean online, you know, like comedy. people oh. have no problem. No one was mean to me yet. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, you know, you go and look at comment sections of any thing that you're buying online and you'll have really great reviews and then you'll have a really stinker, you know, I haven't okay. gotten that yet, but I got to prepare for that, you know, yeah. uh, but, but it was just the idea of launching and now your product, your baby that you have been working on and all this for all this you know, investing and right. going through the production ups and downs or whatever. Now it's launched into the world and are people going to like it? All right. Is it going to work the way I'm advertising? It's going to work. Yeah, there's that, that like fear. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I would say that now the, the, the superseding fear now is the, um, with my brother's death, um, thinking that my brother and I, I would get to see him as an old jolly man, you know, sure, I sure, get to see him sure. 85 and, uh, we'd be reminiscing that didn't happen. So now I feel, now I know that, you know, uh, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. When my husband leaves in the mornings, I always assume he's coming back, but nothing is guaranteed. So yeah. you can't live your life in fear of that, of course. But right. I think that um, my superseding fear now is that I'm going to run out of time to do all the things I want to do. Because there's a lot of awful stuff going on in this world. Yeah. But there are a lot of wonderful things to, to, to live. And, um, I know that when my brother, my brother made the decision to get off of life support and, um, <clears throat> and, and I, I wasn't there in the room when it happened, uh, but with COVID and everything, we couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to yeah. go in there, Yeah. but he wasn't afraid of dying. He was sad. Okay. I'm sure it was sad to leave his boys and his wife, yes. and his family, but like, like the party was over for him and, and he was going to have to get off the, the carousel of life and that's it. Right. And we get to continue on. Um, so I think it's that fear uh, that I'm going to run out of time to do okay. all the things that I want to do because there's so much to do 
in this world. There's so many wonderful things to, to, I mean, there's my business and the idea, I wish I started my business 20 years ago and I still had, you know, those 20 years. Right. But um, I think it's, it's running out of time and the, there's anxiety that comes from that. And so therefore I work myself really hard. Like I don't really let myself have downtime because I think I'm wasting time. And I didn't used to feel that way. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I got to Like I, you know, like I got today yes. and while I have like this hour of downtime, I could either just completely veg out or yes. I could go and tackle my list on which I have 500 items to do today. Got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Okay. So no time for the weary. Uh, it's um, so it's 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 trying to manage that. It's like okay. the fear of running out of time and all the things I want to do and accomplish. But you can't run around like the Energizer Bunny because you're not the Energizer Bunny, you know? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Wow. So it's managing uh. that. And, and that is a struggle, you know? I believe it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that, um, that's real for quite a few people who are listening. <laughs> so and I'm sharing it, good. I'm sharing it because I think that I'm not unique. I am not unique. I think probably 99% of your listeners, something that I have said somewhere along oh, yes. the line, they said resonates. Yeah. yeah. I understand sure. that one. That's but, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because it's like the typical human, you know, experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I think that there have been so many pearls that you have dropped uh, during this conversation that I think people are going to really benefit from. And then I have some questions for you, though. Okay. That's <laughs> we fine. have a tradition on this show, and it is the fill in the blanks. There are three of them. Uh, are you ready? I am ready because I, I, I thought about them. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. No okay. downtime. Fair. <laughs> no downtime for this one. <laughs> Fair. All right. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Well, let's see. What did I write down? What was my one of the moment? Uh, if I am fearless, I, I had mentioned this before. I If I am fearless, I control when I give up. Not my fear. I control it. So you can be afraid and, 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 and I have been afraid and I have done stuff when I am afraid, but I, to me, being fearless is being courageous and saying, in spite of this fear, this is what I'm going to do. I decide not this fear. Nice. Nice. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. To me, that means that I can persevere in the things that I want to do, and I will triumph in that. That's what that's what that means to me. Awesome. Awesome. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. It's very related to the second one, which is when I persevere, I will triumph. And I think that everything I've done in the past few years and the in sheer perseverance has led me to this point. And I think, okay, I got to keep persevering day in, day out through all the stuff that comes up, uh, obstacles, good things, bad things. I just persevere. Um, don't harm myself with 
criticism and rumination and and too much worry and anxiety. You harm yourself when you do that. Oh yeah. It's okay to yeah. think about it. See where you made your mistakes. Learn from it. Correct it. Keep going forward. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. I just would love it if you could tell the audience one more time the website for the bras. What? Oh, the website for the bras. Okay, it's cobalt, C-O-B-A-L-T hyphen rose, R-O-S-E dot com, like, like the, the rose, the flower and cobalt, because it's, it's a hard element, but it's also my favorite colors, cobalt blue. Okay, okay. And so, uh, and cobalt rose company, the, the initial CRC are my initials, Katie Naramitas Kahan. So fantastic. there's a little poetry in there I guess <laughs> oh, that's great I love hearing backstories of how things are named and such so that's great well I thank you so much for taking time out to chat with us uh we really appreciate well, you we appreciate you, your candor everything all the pearls you shared was great well I Absolutely hope it's great. helpful I hope that these things are something there is helpful to your listeners and anyone who's afraid and I don't know Absolutely. what their personal circumstances are but you know they're not alone and they do. A lot of people have more inner strength than they think they do. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you.